Welcome to episode 196 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hello. It is Monday night, May 22nd. And tonight we're going to talk a little Tom Hardy Venom movie. And we're all gonna also going to talk about Universal's Dark Universe. But before we get into Tom Hardy and the deepest, darkest depths of what Universal's monsters have to offer, uh, we're going to do a light and bright housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. It's an all-monsters podcast. Venom, Tom Hardy, Dark Universe. Very, very brooding and scary. But uh, something that's not and something that's light and fun, whimsical. Ian Sharpley, light and fun and whimsical. Mixsauce.com, super fun, super light. Well, I mean, sometimes we, from time to time, we get heavy, but not lately. We've been keeping it pretty, pretty upbeat with the strips, pretty upbeat with the general podcast lately. I think that we've had some pretty nice conversations and uh, the reviews as well. I don't know if you've been liking or disliking comics lately. I feel like... I've gone out of slamming stuff. Yeah. Like I, I just kind of just want to write about stuff that I like at this point. So that's light and and friendly as well. Yeah, you can have a nice light and friendly conversation on the Facebook page. You can see our artwork on Instagram, and uh, you can find the podcast a number of ways. You can find it on Podomatic. The easiest way to find it is through the iTunes store, and you can also find it on Stitcher if you have a Android device, or if you just prefer the Stitcher app. I prefer the Stitcher app because it posts um, suggestions for things, other shows that are similar to the shows that you like. So you pull up your Stitcher app, and it has because you like the McSauce podcast, you might also like the Comic Book Pit podcast or Panel Riot podcast to fellow podcasters and, and podcasts that we had the pleasure of uh, doing a panel with this past weekend. We, we were at the Three Rivers Comic Book Convention at, uh, at Century Three Mall in beautiful Pittsburgh. PA, and we had a panel which we uh, we hung out with uh, Dan and Scott from the Comic Book Pit podcast and Will from Panel Panel Riot, and uh, had a good had a good roundtable conversation about podcasting, our humble beginnings, and the kind of things that we talk about on our and, podcasts. Yeah, and, and comic books, and this is kind of the this is one of the coolest unsuspected things. Uh, that's come about when we started doing this is that is is the meeting new people getting involved with you know friends that you wouldn't you wouldn't find otherwise mm-hmm. and you know meeting Will and Scott and Dan and Sean this weekend it was a really cool experience same way you know we met uh, you know Jody and Travis and Justin from uh, Case in Point and the now defunct that old comic smell but there's a uh, you know. A little, little community out out here, the old podcasting community that we are terrible about getting involved with. What did we learn about? The we learned about pod podcamp. Pod yeah, everybody the seemed to podcasting be a, a veteran camp. veteran pod campers, and we have yet to earn any merit badges from podcamp. You know, so. we do these conventions, and after every convention, the lingering feeling is, 
We are the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we're big dummies that don't know anything about anything. But we're learning. We're learning new things, and I think later this year in the fall, it will be PodCamp, and we are going to take it by storm. Do we make, like, podcast s'mores at PodCamp? Do we tell scary ghost stories around the pod campfire I, I hope so do you think pod camp is like for for newbies basically probably but we're we'll, dummies we'll, we'll so. be the newbies yeah i mean doesn't no, no, it count? No, but we've been doing a podcast for a while now are we going to show up at pod camp and kind of like ahead of the curve like uh, we know where the record button is no i think we'll show up to pod camp and we'll be like oh Mm. I don't like, know. Yeah, I think we'll past- show up and we'll be arrogant because, you know. Now, is PodCamp, it's is built, that... It's built in our DNA. Is that like a... Mixed arrogance. Like a week-long thing where you they you know, you know go into a cabin and you have bunkmates? I, I think yeah. <laughs> From what I understood, it's it's probably one e- in an event that takes place over one evening. We need to do some research on PodCamp. This can all happen off mic. Yeah, that's why we're going to need to stay in contact with our new podcast, Brethren. But uh, one last thing in housekeeping. I'd like to send a big thank you out to Todd McDivitt and the whole New Dimension crew for hosting the Three Rivers Convention this weekend. We've said it before on this podcast that we've gone to a lot of conventions in the past, but the Three Rivers Con, although it's a new convention, has always taken great care of of all the vendors. Yeah has always shown us a really good time, had an after party, um, always provides water, pizza, coffee, soda, soda, and uh, goodwill to all vendors. So once again, thank you for, for having us. Thank you for everybody that stopped out and talked to us at our table uh, thank you for anybody that's tuning in for the first time. I think that we might have a few first-time listeners from the the uh, convention. So excited to have you listen to what we do here. And uh, yeah, it was a really great time. And hopefully we'll be able to do it again next year. Yeah, we had, we had a really good time this weekend. It's, it's, always, it's always nice going out and meeting new people, pressing the flesh. Yeah. Getting uh, getting the McSauce name out there. Is that uh, what we're you know? doing? Is that yeah, how you advertise? Maybe that's why we're flesh. doing it all wrong. Yeah, fresh, flesh, flesh, flesh pressing, fresh pressing. <laughs> how do you wait? What does that mean? Where does that come from? Press the flesh. It's like handshakes. You press the flesh. It's whenever you fuck someone against you meet the someone window. New. <laughs> it's not. It's not nearly as dirty. As you guys think. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's always a great time meeting new people, finding you know, having some uh, some conversations about some nerd properties that you know you you wouldn't expect to talk about. You know, finding out what other people are into. You know, pressing the flesh, putting the show out there, and you know, meeting new people. And every convention we do is a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, being that. You know, we're familiar with the folks that run Three Rivers and it's in our backyard. We have, I had such a great time this weekend. So, you know, thanks to everybody involved uh, with the convention, patrons of the convention. Uh, thanks so much for stopping at our table, buying some stuff, checking out the podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, Matt and I are going to do our best to bring you the best episode we can give you tonight. 
Ian's Ian probably just doesn't give a shit. Is that true? Why? <laughs> why, why is he not giving from? a shit? Because, uh, because I bust Matt's balls. Ian's so sitting here reading the notes that he typed out. I wanted to, cha- I wanted to change it up. I saw your Fargo notes on your phone tonight with like some highlights and some reds and some bolds. Those that it looked like serial killerish. It may have been an article that I pulled out just to remember people's names. Really? That wasn't like your own stuff? No, I think it was an article from Variety just huh. so that I could remember people's names. Because I'm a big dummy. But yeah, I do take notes. Here's well, this is what my notes normally look like. Nice. Huh? Huh? <laughs> So anyway, let's get out of this mundane bullshit called housekeeping and jump into the meat, <laughs> the meat of the episode. Matt, tell us all about what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the upcoming uh, Venom movie that was just announced by Sony Pictures. Uh, that is the that's the studio that had the Spider-Man rights or still does, but they've kind of like leased it to Marvel Studios. It's really kind of weird. But what Marvel Studios does not have access to, I guess, are the peripheral Spider-Man characters. Is that right, Ian? I believe so. So uh, they are going to create a Venom movie that has nothing to do with the Spider-Man that's that's appearing in Homecoming and... Civil War. In Civil War, Infinity War, whatever he's going to be in. This is a completely new thing. They announced who's going to play Venom. Now, for those of you that don't know, Venom is a one of the most famous uh, Spider-Man villains. He was created in the late 80s by none other than McSauce's own Todd McFarlane. And he has since gone on to be a lot of different characters. Like He initially started out as this guy named Eddie Brock, who was a a writer for a rival newspaper. It's kind of contrived, isn't it, Ian? It was a rival newspaper that rivaled Peter Parker's Daily Bugle, and he was a, a writer that... I, I don't know what happened. He was disgraced somehow. He wrote, ironically, I think he was... It was um, a villain of Spider-Man that Eddie Brock uncovered who the, the secret identity or wrote a story that was later proved by Spider-Man to be false and in the oh pollyannish naive days of the late 80s this false story that was printed in the newspaper was the undoing of eddie brock's professional career as a reporter he was disgraced and fired from i don't remember the name the daily flute how how was he revealed to be a fraud the news story was fake but how was that revealed? I, you know what, off the top Didn't of my Peter head, Peter Parker I, wasn't he the one that kind of exposed him, and then as a result, that's why Eddie Brock hated Peter Parker so you bad. Know, is and Goofy? It, is I thought all, it was. Wasn't it? Was it Spider? Wasn't it Spider Man though? Maybe it was Spider Man because it's isn't it Spider the the Eddie Brock and the symbiotes. Dual hatred of Spider Man. Okay, is the thing, and why then does like the symbiote in, hate Spider Man? Because he shunned... He rejected it. Correct, yes. He rejected that symbiote's advances. As goofy as all of this sounds, as contrived and as... Like, this is too close to a mirror of Peter Parker as it sounds. It really all makes sense. Because it all happens pretty close. It's all in the same world. Like, the same personal world as 
Peter Parker, right. like, it, like it kind of it really works that why I have the no symbiote would would leave Peter and go to like the the closest you know negative spirit that it could find. It it kind of it kind of works. Like I want to hate it more. Like because uh, I at the core I don't want to like the entire Venom thing. I think it's super fucking bizarre and crazy. Like the whole like suit from space that has its own mind, and it, it's so bizarre to Spider Man because up until that point, Spider Man is always you know guys disgruntled with their lot in life that shouldn't be because they're all really fucking smart and they should all have really good jobs that they should be content with but they don't because they just want to be criminals instead of actually getting real jobs with all of the fucking brains and science and smarts that these guys have and then Venom's like crazy space alien holy shit and it's like Venom has never never made sense to me well, I think that because Venom's origin comes out of the Secret Wars, where I think that it was not really meant to be a permanent kind of thing, where Spider-Man is on this different alien planet, gets a new costume just because, hey, black and white's pretty badass. I, I feel like that's hey, the... the Kings did it. That's the main push behind changing his costume and the colors. I don't think it was meant to be per or meant to be permanent, but fan reaction was probably so strong that they needed to that they wanted to sustain it and then I, it just kind of like the story just kind of took the turns that it took whenever the Spider-Man um writers got a hold of it. I don't mean to sound so outright negative. Like what I really mean to say about this is Taking the the realistic, like the real world story into consideration, what Ian just said, that Todd McFarlane kind of did a masterful job weaving all of this so close to Peter Parker that it makes sense that this weird alien symbiote would take control of something else in Peter's world since it's it come it only comes to Earth for Peter because Peter brings it here. Yeah. So, you know, well done, Todd McFarlane. I think that's the first time that you've ever given kudos to the great Todd McFarlane, now, resident I, house artist. <laughs> I I feel like Todd McFarlane was the co-creator of Venom, correct? Wasn't David Michelini the other that, creator? That, and that's where I was going to go after we let him shower praise on Todd McFarlane because David Michelini actually wrote the... The story oh, of God the fall of Eddie Brock. I knew he was I, yeah, worthless. That's why I was letting him go, because <laughs> David Michelini actually wrote the story of the fall of Eddie Brock and wrote all of the groundwork. Those, Todd McFarlane I didn't came know up that. with I the... Thought, I thought when like that iconic Spider-Man cover that he did, I thought that was... This is Todd McFarlane writing and drawing Spider-Man. No. Todd McFarlane came up with God the visuals, which I would almost argue are... The most iconic portion, and it, and even more than Stanley's drawings, <laughs> and and we're gonna take it one step further. I'll let you take it one step further, man, oh, because I know you. where you're going with it. Do you? Because I don't know. What oh, you don't? Oh, okay. because 
Give the, me a hint. The, Where am I going? The evolution, with it? while Venom being a large, muscular character with teeth and the big eyes. Yeah, yeah. That, but the way that we all know Venom actually was was the the creation of Eric Larson taking over the design of Venom and pushing. Oh no, no, push, no, no! I wasn't. No, no I wasn't going there. I, pushing I know the saying. teeth and tongue element—that's what people know of Venom. Is but those things were the, were prominent in McFarlane's designs, not as prominent because he had much smaller teeth with the way McFarlane drew them. And yeah, Larson exaggerated those features, but I think they were still pretty prominent okay. with with the McFarlane. Stuff. I thought I always thought that Eric Larson turned him into—he really pushed the alien aspect. Maybe, maybe of I, Venom. it's been a while since I've really looked at some of that stuff, but. Man, that David Michelini stuff that ran all the way from like the McFarland stuff and who knows, maybe even before that, but through the McFarland stuff and then Larson and then Bagley after that, what an incredible Spider-Man run. He doesn't give an, get enough credit for he all He gets no stuff credit. Nobody does. knows David Michelini co-created hey, Venom. Don't worry. In the Tom Hardy Venom movie, we are certain to see a Michelini Avenue or Michelini Industries in the background. No, we're going to see some contrived nod to the creators, just <laughs> like we have for decades in comic book, television, movie What, what you're going to get is a, a Stanley cameo. Making he had people, nothing to do with Venom. Well, he, he created Spider-Man. Nah. Which is really bizarre, right? Because you've got Spider-Man off in his own movies in the Marvel Universe, but Venom is a byproduct of Spider-Man. You you do not have a Venom without a Spider-Man. It's, mm -hmm. it's dumb. And if you go and change it, I won't like that. I feel like that's a disservice to what Venom is. I hate when you change shit. So, like, can they do that? Are they going to do that? I would think they probably will because they currently don't have Spider-Man to use. I don't know what they're gonna do. Like, part of me, when I when I saw this casting, I had mixed emotions. My wife even said that my face looked like I didn't know whether to be enraged or really happy because I think if you're going <laughs> to make this Venom film, I think that Tom Hardy's a a, a pretty good do we, okay so person to Tom, to cast physically he looks the part I agree he, he's known to dive into characters well, and really immerse how himself. will Tom Hardy look with a flat top Paul he, he's not gonna have a flat top the flat top's outdated Venom has moved so far beyond the Spider-Man origins and Eddie Brock that like who like there have been three other guys that have been Venom at this point. Like, they can just pick up any story. The Venom costume, the design, it's all kind of iconic to itself right now. Like, any story can be alien lands on Earth, graphs itself to this person, and now they're stuck with, with all these powers that want to be bad, but they're trying to fight it off and be good, and it's... It's your basic story. They wouldn't have cast Tom Hardy if it wasn't going to be Eddie Brock, though. I think that that's, that comes part and parcel with the physicality of Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy pretty much is looks Eddie like Brock, Eddie Brock. Is Eddie the, Brock a big, bulky guy? Is yes. He like, is, he the, is he like a Guy Gardner? Yeah. 
No, he's he's like a Olympic level yeah, weightlifter. He's, yeah, he's well, like bigger than was, Flash Flash so, Thompson. But who was Eddie Eddie Brock? He was a reporter. Was right, he but, like? But the, in the comic books, he was like this big, gigantic diesel reporter. I know that probably goes again. I haven't seen many reporters. I'm sure it goes. <laughs> the more of them look like Peter Parker than you know an Eddie Brock. But everyone look up. WPXI's David Lesh. You know that's that, your can't, that's who should be cast as Eddie Brock. Right. If we're but this is famously it. that is a big part of Eddie Brock's physicality is that he's this big weightlifting dude. But if it, if they're if they're untying it from Spider Man, he can be like the symbiote landed at a weightlifting convention and it tied himself to this guy. And in this current Sony universe, Eddie Brock's a lightweight weightlifting champion I don't know what they're gonna do it's definitely gonna be Eddie Brock because he is the most well known they've already said it's Eddie Brock yeah and so they said Tom Hardy's gonna play Eddie Brock yeah that's great but Eddie they can make Eddie Brock anyone at this point they did it in Spider-Man 3 when they made Topher Grace Eddie Brock Eddie Brock is not synonymous like Peter Parker and Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. Well, no one knows what, who Eddie Brock is. What def- Eddie Brock can be anybody. What defines Peter Parker as being Peter Parker or Bruce Wayne being Bruce Wayne? Because, you know... Um, Michael Keaton Christi- played him and right. he's not a sex symbol like he should be. Right. So, like, it could be anybody. Like, you didn't have to make him Bruce Wayne, right? Because, like, they didn't even get his his physical frame correct yeah but, that, but like, that's what i mean using they're, your they're, logic but we're no but we're talking about right now eddie brock's big muscular physical guy but he doesn't need to be because nobody knows who eddie brock is so they can make him whatever they want to be well it's he he clearly didn't need to be for the creators of spider-man 3 because Topher grace is a stick but it's a step in the right direction to take the source material a key element of what makes Venom awesome is that he's the big steroid version of Spider-Man and can overpower Spider-Man. It's but a good it's a good idea that they're going to use that. Yeah, that and that works trait. and that works amazing against the counterpart to who he was created for. But Spider-Man's not going to be anywhere near this movie. Not this so, movie, but who knows. So if, what what benefit does that create having him be the muscular, out-of-control analog to Spider-Man when we don't get the counterpoint to that. In this movie, no, but there may and most likely will be Spider-Man. Right. Are we talking Venom about movies. the Venom movie tonight, or are we talking about what they're going to do with Venom way down the road when he meets Tom Holland? It's always good to look down the road to things that are probably almost definitely going to happen. Can, can I? So what? what's the oh. allure of a solo Venom movie when it's Venom, it's none of the chronology, it's none of the connecting characters, it is a guy that gets they do an have, alien costume that we know nothing about. They do except have Except how he looks. Sony does have access to all of the Spider-Man universe, which is why they're using it. So you can have a universe that has a lot of the Spider-Man characters, locations, and themes all rolled into this movie. That's what's I mean, going to I mean, were they going to gonna maybe 
mention Spider-Man, let you know he's out they there. They can even but fucking have him in this movie. Have their There's own nothing version. against having Spider-Man in this movie. Nobody has said that... Like the that Tom out. Holland Spider-Man or their own... You can because Sony still owns the Except rights. Except they said this has nothing to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Spider-Man is still also a Sony property, so they can have him included in this That's like true. this is weird ground that we're treading on because we're having a property borrowed from one studio but still owned by another one so isn't but isn't this i'm not sort saying of he's like, going to be flying through this isn't that instance sort of like sci-fi making a krypton show like why are you gonna make a krypton show without superman why are you or with but just a hint of Superman. Why are you going to make Venom if you're just going to make the best character in Venom's world just a fucking flyby? I would say that it's closer to whenever uh I was it TNT or TBS had the rights to the Teen Titans and we're going to try to make a movie disconnected from all of the he uh, it was going to be a story about the sidekicks of these heroes that we absolutely can't touch. Like this is closer to that than anything else, because I do agree with you. You kind of need Spider-Man at some point to be mentioned, to be in the film, to at least show his face as Peter Parker. I think that would only make sense in this film. With that said, I don't expect that'll actually happen. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like, the most likely scenario is this is going to exist independently of Spider-Man in the Marvel U. And when the deal is up with, uh, with Marvel and infinity war has come and gone, mm-hmm. maybe there will be a follow-up to the Venom movie with Sony pictures, own version of Spider-Man. And they'll just kind of like do their own thing. I don't see them trying to do two different versions of Spider-Man or even bringing in Tom Holland. I feel like that's going to get confusing. Um, Well, people are, I mean, the general public already thinks that Spider-Man should be fighting Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. (laughs) You know, like too confusing is the, the people don't know. They don't understand. It's already too confusing to us that try to keep track of all this. Uh, I, I don't know about the general public. I feel like if you go, to um you know we went to guardians of the galaxy the, you know opening night uh-huh everybody in that theater would know that batman's not going to make a guest appearance in that movie correct right, right but we went Matt, opening night with a bunch Matt, of comic guardians books. of the galaxy opening night is a little bit different than wandering into a bath and body works on a thursday afternoon and being like hey do Superman and Spider-Man okay, okay, occupy fair. the same cinematic space? Anybody that goes to see that movie, I would say more than 50% that goes to see the Spider-Man or the Venom movie is going to know Batman's not going to show up or would never show up in, in those movies. I'd love to agree with you, but I have had people say things like, well, how come Batman's not in the Avengers? Well, I'm sorry. Like, people Ian, that go I, to movies, man. Yeah, really, I you think, think people I think are you're stupid. Being a little, I think you're being a little and generous. And I think they're very smart. I don't smart. think they're stupid. I'm just saying you that guys, they're... I give people more credit than you. I didn't say they were stupid. Yeah. I said that they were I've, confused. I've gotten, I've gotten enough blatant questions about that kind of thing that I don't believe for a second 
that everyone's educated enough to know okay, fine, but- who belongs to who. And it's even more confusing with, well, these these guys are all Marvel, but these guys are Fox, these guys are Sony, these guys right, are Right, I understand that. And, and I realize that there is uh, there are <laughs> levels of potential confusion. But Dummy I think, McDummersons. But I think that... Well, I mean, what I mean by that is that... Dummy McDummersons, I heard you. you just ah, said it. But what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, it's already confusing in and, of the, the, in and of the fact that you can't have DC crossing over with Marvel, but then the additional layer, like you said, is like the different studios and some are crossing over and some are not. And it's just weird. Um, I feel like though, if you have two studios, one that's essentially leasing Spider-Man to another, you're not going to see that other studio do something at the same time with the same character, but a, maybe a different actor or a different costume design or just something that maybe fits it in the world that they've created that exists independently of what is currently going on at Marvel Studios. I feel like that would be confusing for people they would like it's like with the star wars movie the new one you know people i think they were a little bit afraid that people were going to think this is supposed to be the sequel to the force awakens and people were confused by that people said that people said stuff like where's where's ray right and i feel like they went out of their way born yet stupid to show that this takes place along a different timeline like you're seeing darth vader that should tip you off people can be confused easily yeah so you know sony's gonna you know sony's gonna pad their stats in a way that they're never gonna come out and be like no venom and spider-man are never gonna meet but this venom movie is going to be a venom movie okay uh they're gonna leave some doors open i like that that it's going to be a Venom movie. <laughs> I like the <laughs> definitive nature of that. You know what, you know what I, I mean. I know what you mean. I'm fucking with you. you know what I Continue. Mean. I'm just and it's, fucking it's with gonna, you. And it's going to, like, they're going to leave some doors open uh-huh. so that, you know, they can go back and, you know, fudge some of the things that they said about the release of this movie and leading up to it coming out so that, you know, they can pull some George Lucas stuff and be like, well, you know, all along, I said that, you know, this was this and blah, blah, blah. So, but ultimately, they can make a Venom movie that's just Venom and not touch anything and still be a good movie, still have a good lead actor, still have a good story. I'm not a big Venom guy. Like, I'm not a that's I'm a not lie. A Venom I've fan. seen all of the energy drinks lined <laughs> up. So different different venom. I like the mango venom. I don't like the symbiote venom. You know, Paul, that that the actually you venom like the seems one that like, oozes in your belly, not the one that oozes I like, on top of yeah, your skin. The symbiote venom seems like it would be more licorice, like black licorice yeah, flavor. Yeah. I like, it would be, it's like I like Jägermeister. I like the one that uh pumps my heart so that I'll probably have a heart attack in a couple years other than the one that just makes me not want to read Spider-Man comics. Oh. Oh! My thing is, I think it would be naive of us to sit here and just close the door on the possibility that Spider-Man could possibly meet this version of... uh, The the Tom Holland Spider-Man could possibly meet this Tom Hardy Venom. 
I think that because two years ago, did we think that Spider-Man would be stealing Captain America's shield off of him I want, in an Avengers movie? I want you to direct movie? this opinion to Matt because I just said Sony, I was looking at Matt. Sony's doing all the right things to leave all the right doors open so that no one can be like you said this would never happen. Yeah, I, they're they're like I don't know. Maybe who knows? That's that's Disney Studios. That's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, that's that's McMarvel hap- or Dis Marvel Disney Dis Marvel. <laughs> Please stop. Holy fuck, your brain stopped working too much venom. <laughs> so yeah, I, while they're saying while they're saying right now that this is going to be standalone, you, but the you, first the you, first one is. Yeah, yeah, the first one is. It's going to be tough. So so who's, what? Who's the most like? D-list Spider-Man villain that we could have Venom fight in this. The most D-list, yeah, like the Chameleon. Um, Chameleon does kind of stink. Huh? Yeah, there's some really bad ones though. Uh, Isn't there like a Rat guy? Vermin. Vermin. Uh, Shocker. Vermin was always kind of scary. Shocker's gonna be in him. Would uh, we homecoming. want him? But here's the thing. Oh, Would- Shocker's in Homecoming. Pretty sure Donald Glover is Shocker in Homecoming. I didn't know that. How about that? Would would we want Venom to be fighting villains? I know he's a lethal protector, but would we want him to maybe fight like a D-list hero? No, Venom is cool when he is the scary bad guy version of Spider-Man. Every other thing since then has been stupid. Right, so would we want him to fight like Prowler or somebody? So So we don't want Venom to be part of the U.S. military that goes on a special space mission (laughs) to fight for Earth in space against aliens because that's a legitimate Marvel comic book story. Who was writing that shit? I don't know. Dan Slott. I don't know. I'm just blaming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. But that wasn't even Eddie Brock because... The or was it Eddie Brock? I don't think so. Because no. the it was symbiote either. kept kind of bouncing around, and he didn't even look like Venom anymore. He just looked like a dude in some kind of like covert black. He outfit. was paramilitary Deadpool. Yeah, it, he could like form the suit into like pouches and gun holsters. It and was stuff. brutally terrible, Ooh. right? Yep. But more than any other Spider-Man character villain, I feel like. <laughs> Venom exists. He needs Spider-Man to exist side by side for him to be relevant in any way or otherwise that's not Venom anymore. Like like that's why the the spin-off book where he became that covert action hero whatever was so dumb and it wasn't even Venom anymore. It's like you're just trying to cash in on the name really. Yeah, I view Venom as kind of a character like the Hulk. Like the coolest part about that character is that the guy that is him can't control him. And when once you get control over the uncontrollable, it's well, so what? You you own it now, there's no drama. Yeah. So once Eddie Brock can control him and be a good guy and he just brings him out to fight bad guys, like it's not compelling, it's not dramatic anymore. It's mm-hmm. not Eddie Brock losing the war to kill Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Eddie Brock's trapped inside that suit, seeing seeing all these horrible actions that he's doing that he's unable to prevent. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's drama. That's compelling. Well, I feel like but Eddie once, Brock once was it, always once, complicit in it. Eddie Brock's rage, anger, hatred that his life went the way it went because of Spider-Man 
made him a part of it. And he, he accepted the symbiote like Peter rejected it. And that's why it hated him. But he accepted it because they fed on each other's hatred. But overall, in, in general, of like I, I just mean overall, the fight of being able to control a power greater than you mm-hmm. and or not control a power greater than you. There's a lot more at stake when... when so if Eddie Brock accepts it at the beginning yeah. and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be... Like Spider-Man, I'm going to be better than Spider-Man. But then the symbiote overcomes him, and he can't stop it from trying to kill a certain person. And he's trapped inside there, trying to pull it back the entire time. That makes Eddie Brock a much more interesting, sympathetic character. All right, and it's the same way. I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta time you out here. It's the same. It's the same with Bruce Banner when Bruce is trapped inside the Hulk, not wanting to do that stuff, but he has no control anymore. One of the things, see, but here's the thing. One of the things about Venom is that he does not involve innocence in any of the destruction. He doesn't want to kill or harm any innocence. He only wants Spider-Man, which he is in total control at that point, which is why the uh, the tag Lethal Protector, which is what they did the first uh, spinoff Venom book, is because he is in con- total control. He does look out for other people. He's only really interested in trying to kill Spider-Man. So there isn't really is like that- I get what you're saying, the push and pull, yeah. and that is, and I love that stuff, and I I like that dynamic. But that's kind of not what Venom is. Okay, but like, is that what the is that what the original Michelini, uh McFarlane story was? Yeah, yeah. I'm. It's it was it's Venom, all about Venom. Straight up, it's it's all guy. about Eddie Brock and the symbiotes. Like one side, like tunnel vision of trying to destroy or kill Spider Man slash Peter Parker, and to the point of taking Spider Man because he saw how when he would have these fights with with. Peter Parker would destroy things or involve other people, he would go to lengths of taking him to like deserted islands to try to have this fight with Spider-Man so it didn't involve anybody else. And Spider-Man also couldn't call on any other help. It was one-on-one. And so that was his sort we've of hit mission. On, we've hit on three different levels of Venom right now. One is the tunnel vision. I don't want to kill anyone else. I just want to kill Peter Parker. Right, right. The... Second is um, the Incredible Hulk version of he's like Eddie Brock signed up for this and then it's way more than he signed up for and it's bonkers crazy. And the third one is like Eddie Brock is just all in. Let's go like complete villain. No, no, the, the, the third one is in total control, and it wasn't even Eddie Brock at this point. It was the Venom that became part of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, right. When he was like, I'm in control. I've got some superpower. This symbiote isn't anything other than a helmet that I put on at the beginning of every mission. Yeah. But the the middle the middle one is the one that they're going to make this movie about. If it's going to be about one character, about Eddie Brock, it's got to be the the push and pull dramatic nature of him fighting this thing because like I can't I would say that that is the most interesting 
I don't know if that's personal. really a version that has ever really been seen before. May, but that would be one I would sign up to see. A reason they'll go with this one, but for like for me, like I don't need to see. Like that's that's the best version of a solo Venom movie that's not connected to anything else. Like the Venom where he's solely like laser focused on killing Peter Parker, that's great. But you need to have Peter Parker for that. That's not going to happen. So it's got to be that middle ground where he's constantly in a push and pull with the symbiote. So, I mean, I'm I'm in for that. Like, I like Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know how they're going to flesh this thing out because Venom's always been kind of a one-sided thing to me. It's like the fucking... It's like a fucking Boba Fett movie. I don't need to see Boba Fett fleshed out. Like, I hated it in the prequels. Like... Boba Fett's just a bad guy. He's just a bounty hunter. He's supposed to supposedly a merciless bounty hunter that just goes, catches his prey, sells him off, and he's off to the next mission. Like we don't need to know more about him. And in a way, like I don't think I need to know about more about Venom other than he's a bad guy. He tries to kill Peter Parker, and he's done. Are there any villains that they can make a successful movie about that have enough? Um, have enough weight behind them that could carry a feature film. Uh, Will Smith's Deadshot would be a great movie, but Warner Brothers can't commit to being like, this is a horrible person. No one's going to like him. And that's what it is. That's why Secret Six was so great, because Gail Simone wrote those characters as being <laughs> deplorable. They're still terrible people and you can get away with that in a comic book format where the medium's a a little more loose a little more forgiving you can't trot out the actions of the secret six to the general public and expect to make back your 50 million or whatever but like you know someone like deadshot someone like catman would be great i could see it now on the billboard catman it would be pretty cool. I think people would be into it. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? What do you have a pick for like a villain that they could possibly make a feature film about? No, not really. Uh I I feel like for Marvel and DC that's that's treading on uh dangerous territory. I feel like the audience just isn't ready for it. You know, they did the Suicide Squad, but Frankly, they never really felt like villains. They felt kind of like at the at worst anti-heroes. Uh I don't think that they could do it. I think if you tried to take like a you know, one of the independent publishers properties and and do it, it would probably work, you know. Um but with Marvel and DC, I kind of doubt it. And when they do the Venom thing, he's he's not going to be a villain, you know. He's I think he's going to be the lethal protector. I think that he will be that kind of character that's trying to control the monster within and and that'll be interesting but to me you know to me that's not venom venom to me is you know the upside down version of spider-man and they're great together they should fight each other and I want to see that but I don't think we will it's such a it's such a miss I feel like, uh, you know, 
what's one of the biggest things that we sit here and kind of gripe about whenever we're talking about comic book movies is the lack of a really great, terrifying villain. And yeah. I, I feel like maybe we've gotten a handful, maybe I, even less than a handful. I, yeah, I think so too. And and it's sad because I don't I don't expect this to be a villain. I expect them to make him at worst an anti hero, yeah. if not just a hero. And that's sort of the way that in the mid nineties, you know, we keep referring back to that spin off series. That's sort of what they were doing with Venom was making him an anti hero in the in the mold of a Punisher or a Lobo, something like that. But that's not the way that he works best. I agree with that. And I find it interesting because you mentioned the Punisher that Tom Hardy, who already has some comic book villain chops and playing Bane, um, said that he wanted to play the Punisher. He wanted to be the Punisher. He wanted to resurrect the the movie franchise or maybe reboot it. It would be more accurate, but he wanted to be Frank Castle. Yeah. And I kind of like that idea, although my Frank Castle's probably about six inches taller than Tom Hardy. How tall is Tom Hardy? I think he's a short guy. I'm going to say maybe 5'8", 5'9", somewhere in there. I mean, he's built like, you know, like a tank, but... Yeah but I don't think he's particularly tall. I think the Punisher needs to be tall and pretty built as well. And and I just, I don't know if he has quite that correct physical stature. I, I would buy it a little bit more as um, as uh, Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he really does have the physicality for an Eddie Brock. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, like I said, um, I have mixed emotions about this announcement because... On one hand, I think that it is a solid cast casting, mm-hmm. but I don't know where the heck that they're going to go with it. One of my biggest apprehensions is that they announce it, you know, this past week, mm-hmm. and they already have a release date of November of 2018. Mm-hmm. That's not enough time to write write a movie. Uh, do the shooting schedule and then do the effects for something that I would imagine is going to have is is going to be pretty effects heavy, especially mm-hmm. with the title character being a alien monster. Right. So, speaking of monsters, Paul. Yeah, Dark Universe, the uh, Universal Monsters, new uh, their big budget cinematic universe. Dracula, Frankenstein, the Mummy, Wolfman. Is this the Jekyll third shared universe there is now? You have the the Marvel universe, the DC universe, and now this, right? Or is there another kind of big franchise type shared universe type thing? I can't think of any shared universes other than I can't either. These two. Univi. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Do we like? Do we all like shared universes? We have. One in the Marvel shared universe that is amazingly successful. We have the DC universe, which has complete disaster. And we have the Universal Universe, which is Universal Universe. Which is just getting started. I like yeah, I, I like it. I love I love the idea. Um I love seeing all these characters come together. Yeah, so uh they just announced today that that they that Universal is gonna they've named the actual 
shared universe, the dark universe, which cool. Uh, I can, I can get behind that, but they also announced some new people that are going to join the dark universe in their own movies, like Johnny Depp, who's going to play the invisible man or Javier. Help me out, Paul. Bardem. Thanks, Ian. Bardem, who's going to play the monster of Frankenstein. So it seems to me like the casting is pretty solid for these things. It's really cool to see that they're doing it. Um, The more that I'm hearing about this universe and the way the mummy is kind of kicking everything off, the more interested I'm getting in seeing the mummy. Because when I saw that very first trailer, which is a terrible trailer to promote the kickoff of not only your horror movie, but to kick off like the whole fr- the whole universe, the whole franchise with that weird ass trailer that features Tom Cruise so prominently. And I realize he's the main character, but, but Tom Cruise transcends, uh, these monsters, like to a degree where it's, it's like, it's not the mummy movie. It's the new Tom Cruise movie. And, or it's not, Hey, you want to see that first movie that's kicking off the Dark Universe series? It's no, it's what do you, you mean, see Mummy that? Impossible? Yeah, right. Because that's what it looks like. I just hit my face off my mic. Um, you got it. You can't, you can't have a Mummy movie where the Mummy is the main character. No, I realize that, but I'm saying, first of all, <laughs> did it have to be Tom Cruise? Because again, sometimes, man, Tom Cruise. Is it, it, he's tough to get past sometimes just because of that incredible star power? You know, it's I don't. There have been movies where I get past. Oh, that's Tom Cruise, and I can get into the movie, the character, all that stuff. I felt like name those movies because you're a notorious Cruise hater. I really liked a crater. Oh. What? Uh, I said a crater. A cruise, cruise hater. hater. <laughs> I really liked War of the Worlds. Don't think for a second he's not being introduced as Matt Crater Casal on the next episode. <laughs> so you like War of the Worlds? Um, I did. Did you I, like any of the Mission Impossible movies? I only saw the first two, and, yeah. and I thought they were terrible, but in different ways. Those are the worst of the Mission Impossible movies. Did you happen to see Edge of Tomorrow with Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise? No. Really good. That really movie's fucking really good. solid. Yeah. Groundhog Day, but sci-fi version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe one of these days I'll see that one, because I've, I've heard that uh, Live, Die, Repeat is pretty good. They're making a second one. It's like Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat. <laughs> you know <laughs> what was also really good that came out right around that time was, was it called Edge of Oblivion? Obl- it was just Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Really yeah. fucking good movie. Really cool sci-fi movie. And they did it well enough that you weren't watching Tom Cruise the entire time. But, you know, as, as much as you're beating up Tom Cruise right now, I feel like Russell Crowe has hit that level too where, like, Russell Crowe can't disappear into a role. The entire time we're going to be like, that's Tom Cruise talking to Russell Crowe, not... This is the mummy guy talking to Dr. Jekyll. Uh, But even, Matt, even the best shared universe movie, Monster Squad, was about (laughs) the non-monster characters. True. 
even the classic Dracula story isn't about Dracula. True. Who is uh, Tom Cruise playing? He's playing a guy named Nick. Nick Find Fro- the Mummy. N- Nick-, Nick Frost or something? <laughs> Do we know? Nick, Nick Cruise. Nick Find the Mummy. Nick Find the Mummy. Nick Find the Mummy. <laughs> Who gives a shit who it is? It's Nick Findemummy. Well, my point is... His name's just Nick Archaeologist. Dr. Nick, my point was... Nick, 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 His middle name's Alan, his last name's Grant. It's it's Nick Morton. My my question is, though, does Nick Morton exist in the original Mummy? Is he a character from I'm sure they're throwing a lot. Nick Morton, he's a Sox fan. (laughs) I'm sure they're throwing... A lot of the old history out because who gives a shit? That's not the important part. You find you <laughs> find Matt's, the mummy, you unearth the mummy. Because Matt's locked in to the source material. Do you have you ever seen the original mummy? I don't think I have. Have you it seen was, the Brendan the, Fraser mummy? The Boris <laughs> Karloff mummy, right? He was the mummy? Yeah. Yeah, I believe he was. Have you seen the super sexy Rachel Vice mummy? The Brendan Fraser one, yeah, yeah. that's the. Yeah, but it is a Rachel Vice mm. movie, so good. Yeah, I've seen that. I saw the sequel. Oh. I went to the theaters to see the was it was uh, the Mummy and the Scorpion King, right? Is the that third right? One, no, the yeah, the third one was Scorpion King, but the first two were solid. And then they wait, they wait, wait, time out. I no, I went to see the spinoff, the Scorpion King. Right, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah. who has since found turned into niche. the greatest movie star the world I has saw, ever known. So there's a little little detour here. There's the old picture of the Rock when he had the top mullet, yeah, yeah, yeah. and with the the high top fade, high top fade. He had the the chain around his neck. He had the fanny pack. He had the leaning. turtleneck, like right, long right. sleeve black turtleneck. He, he recreated that picture present day, and it's going around the internet side by side. Who doesn't love that? It's like when Jennifer Lawrence got busted this last week for getting crazy drunk and spinning around on a stripper pole, and some dude got the camera of it. But did she own that? That's The Rock that's, putting that shit right, out. That's, that's my point. Jennifer Lawrence p- posted out on Facebook afterwards. She was like, yeah, the only... The only thing that's separating me from the good strippers is lack of core strength. <laughs> she owned it, and that's what I want to see out of my celebrities. I don't want to see celebrities smashing stuff down, like, like just get rid of this, eliminate this from the internet. Fucking own that shit. So I love that The Rock's able to come out, and like I'm sure if you met The Rock and you were like, I love Scorpion King, he'd be like, you're a maniac, but thank you. <laughs> So yeah, I did go see that. Um, Matt, are you a big mummy fan? An old school Universal monsters well, guy? I, Is this where you're going to dig your heels in, you asshole? I don't understand. <laughs> Dude. I hope that squeak was audible. You need to calm down over there. Like, seriously. Um, it. No, I'm not like a big fan i haven't seen that many of the universal monster movies i saw dracula i mm-hmm. saw frankenstein i saw the wolfman 
but I never saw the mummy. I never saw the invisible man, but I like the idea of all these characters. I like them. Do they share a universe? Those original universal characters? I don't think so. I think they're all self-contained stories, right, Paul? Yeah. The only reason they're, the only reason they share a universe now is because Universal bought them a billion years ago. Yeah. I think it's cool. Did Universal just release them a billion years ago? Like, Universal was the one that was... They got the rights. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how it worked, because it's the same actor that plays all the same roles, almost. They bought the... Yeah, they bought the one guy... They bought uh, Karloff, and like, yeah, they do this shit. Fucking Wolfman, uh, Black Lagoon. (laughs) Is that going to be one creature from the Black Lagoon? Yeah, he's... I don't know. He's got to be part of this. Well, he's he's part of the Universal thing, but... They, they, I don't think they've announced that. They haven't announced Dracula yet, which is interesting. I, I'm they, really glad Johnny Depp's not going to be Dracula. And and there's a part of me, too, that's like, eh. That what are they going to do? Put Dracula in modern day? Like, well, maybe Dracula is going to... Well, yes, because these films take place in modern day. Unless that particular one takes place years ago. Is he going to be Dracula, the first Avenger? And they're going to throw back? They're going to unthaw him? You're never going to believe this. (laughs) No, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just as likely that they could, you know, set it in the 1800s. They could. But does Dr. Jekyll's Mr. Hyde persona grant him centuries of long life? That I don't know, but I would expect the organization... Can he be the, the connective pe- tissue? Perhaps. The, the Claire Temple or Samuel L. Jackson for you cinephiles? Yeah, I would think so. You and pretension it, files? Yeah, I would think Larry? so. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> this is so much fun tonight. You're the worst. You know, Almost 200 episodes, you still can't not interrupt. Constantly. So, uh, I I would think the organization... What's the organization called, Ian? Para... para uh, per, perinormal? <laughs> perinormal. Periorthopedics? Um, pr- prodigium. Prodig- prodigum. Prodigy? Firestarters. P-R-O-D-I-G-U-M. Paul, what's that spell? I don't know what you're talking about. What what organization? I'm the talking about that letters Jekyll? that make up a word. P R O. The one that Doctor Jekyll runs. Yeah. Dark Universe. Prodigium. Inc. Pro- There's. It doesn't. It's not. It's prodigium. I don't know. I, I can't see it. Prodigium. 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 Unless Doctor Jekyll's side hustle, right? It doesn't matter what it is, right? Anyway, I think that organization could be the through line through the the movies if they do decide to set them in different times. Um, I also think you could see a mummy movie that probably takes place centuries ago that kind of tells the backstory of the, the mummy before she becomes, you know, there, the, that's the a Tom Cruise adversary. That's a part of the flashback. They've, they've showed that in the trailers uh, where they show her and her whole story and I, what she did to become the mummy. Another big hope for these movies, Ian, is that they are... They're scary because these are monsters, right? See, Matt, you're going to be let down because these are these, these are action movies. Yeah, this is Mission Impossible with a 
world scale. I'm I'm fearful of that. I, I'm hopeful that that won't be the case because these are the classic monsters. These are the classic movie, you know, uh, the, the classic movie monsters. It's, and It's the basis to all horror films. Yeah, exactly. This, this core is, of this was never the basis monsters. to all action films. No, that's but what the A team was. If I told you something, would that alleviate your fear? Would you be unafraid if I told you that it's one hundred percent going to be an action movie? I'm pretty sure that it will be, but will it retain scariness? Like, will it still be kind of scary at least? No. Well, immediately I want to say no, but. The second trailer that was released, like all the creepy skeleton mummies that were coming out. Yeah. I know, Ian. I, you are just fucking man on top of no, man inside a man sandwich. You are fucking manly as shit. But. Nobody's ever said that. I thought, like, if, if we're going to get a level of. I don't know if we're going to get scares, but I think we could get some creepiness, and it's going to come in the form of her seeming to bring the dead back to life. I feel like we're going to need a a meter for this. Maybe a level of scarcity or a or an economics hor- or a horometer or a scream meter a, scr- a screamo a, a, scream- a screamometer a screamometer yeah because I like sure this is a horror character but I don't think that we're going to get scared at all no this is gonna be an action movie yeah and that's kind of disappointing they it's could... a lot disappointing because i feel like you're losing the essence of what the point of these things are you know yeah you could make a really good case for having a horror interconnected universe that was actually a bunch of scary movies that were connected together mm-hmm. i think that that's a missed opportunity that Universal is just looking at and saying, ah, fucking let's make some cool action movies. But maybe a smaller studio could look at this and say, why don't we make interconnected horror movies? That would be yeah, awesome. Universal's incapable. Universal is, Universal mm-hmm. only sees the big bucks. They see what Marvel and DC are pulling down. And they're like, what's our biggest property that we can turn this into? It like, but yeah, the idea of like an interconnected, like horror cinematic universe—that's mm-hmm. that'd be really you know what cool. really you know what can't movie? can't someone like get all the all the those like B horror movies get like Candyman and Jeepers Creepers and just buy out all the rights to a handful of that stuff and, and then put them all together. Them all? Yeah, I'm sure they could. Dr. Giggles. Remember that one? What? No, I was thinking a little something more people know than Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles came out like around the same time as uh, Candyman. And it, it was, it was, remember the villain in um, Darkman? No. With the, the kind of the guy with the big lips. It's been a long time since I've seen Darkman. Yeah, I'm sure some of you listeners, you know, Dr. Giggles. <laughs> Dr. Giggles dressed like a, well, can you believe it? He the dressed giggler. like a doctor and, and he wore the mask and he would like giggle and then he'd kill you or maybe he'd do kill you then giggle. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe, maybe he would giggled the kill, whole time. You know, you know what? what? 
He would kill and giggle at the same time. I'm not he surprised. Would he would giggle. <laughs> this is less well known than Candyman or Jeepers Creeper. Well, you did say B, okay? I'm sorry. I said B. I didn't say T. <laughs> what letter was that? T. T. Because it's so far down in the alphabet. Okay. G, you want to go G list? G list. Giggle. Giggle yeah. list. Dr. Giggles. I feel like Dr. Giggles is kind of... Like, it was a theatric, theatrically released movie. It shouldn't have been. Well, that that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I would like a legitimate horror. Even something, even if they brought all of the modern day stuff together, you know, Grudge, Ring, uh, Babadook, like all that stuff, and did something with it, <clears throat> I would be way insane. Would you be able to, I guess you can't create a new interconnected universe, Why not? huh? Or can you? Like make separate movies Ian, about... This is America, baby. Bar- you could do whatever you want. I guess. In a land where Dr. Giggles exists, I guess anything can happen. Maybe Dr. Giggles can be paired up with Chopping Mall. Who? Chopping Mall. Who the hell is that? The old 80s movie where robots, um, ro- killer robots were running around the mall. I don't remember that one. stuff. Ian, you, you got me, man. I don't know. No, I don't know that one. I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm done here. So, are we looking forward to the to the universal dark universe, or are we kind of apprehensive? I am definitely going to see the Mummy movie. Yeah, because my wife has told me a number of times that it looks really good, and she's we got to go see that new Tom Cruise movie. So, yes. Is that what it is? Not the the. No. We got to see the first movie in the Dark Universe franchise. It's basically, hey, that looks cool. I want to go see that movie. Mm-hmm. Paul, are you excited? I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm interested. I this, it doesn't look bad, and there's enough out of that second trailer with the creepy skeletons and everything. One of my mm-hmm. favorite parts of Guardians of the Galaxy was when Ego was reforming himself. He was like skeleton and musculature coming after our beloved heroes and I think there's some stuff in the mummy where the skeletons the dead are coming out of the mm-hmm. ground that could be really neat like do all you the- think that you will ever be scared ever at this movie no but I don't that's not what I want out of this movie. I want to be entertained like so okay. long as I'm entertained like I think a lot of the mission impossible. Tom Cruise's crazy scream during the plane crash business is really <laughs> bizarre. But they could pull it together. Like I have faith in like Russell Crowe to really kind of ground this. He's still gonna be Russell Crowe, but you know, Tom, like neither of them are bad actors. Neither of them are just the same character. And is the director all you the s- time? You guys said it was Chris McKay, is that right? Matt, did you say or- that? I don't know. Does somebody say that? This. I have no idea who's directing it. I'm. Are we doing polynomics? I wanted to actually. I thought do we that... want to do polynomics for the mummy. Yeah, sure. Um. No, Alex Kurtzman. Is is he? Uh. uh Alex Kurtzman is he the guy a that Transformers writer Roberto Orsi all the time yeah a producer of Star Trek a yeah, producer he's got, of he's got Sleepy Hollow they were both uh they were both producers of Fringe 
Kurtzman and Orsi. Producer of The Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, he... He was the guy that, uh, no, it was David Kopp, or K-O-E-P-P, whatever, how you say that. He he wrote Spider-Man, which, when I saw that he was the same writer that's writing, uh, I guess, The Mummy, or, or one of the other Dark Universe movies, I was like, yikes. Because as much as I like that movie, man, that dialogue in that Spider-Man movie is really stilted. Yeah, but he did write, as Paul mentioned, 103 episodes of Fringe, high-quality television show. Yeah. Sci-fi roots, so... So, uh, Polynomics, my expectation... My expectation is a five. I don't think... Like, these movies are probably going to make money. They're not going to give me exactly what I want. So, my expectation is a five. My excitement... Six. Hmm. I think it's going to deliver more than I expect. It's got to kick off this universe. I like Tom Cruise. I I like Wait, that. We, I like that he's willing to tie himself to a fucking jet plane for the sake of a scene and make like crazy faces and screaming sounds. Let's fucking get into this. Paul, Tom are we? Let's go, boy. Are we doing polynomics for the Mummy, or are we doing polynomics for the Dark Universe? The Mummy. Okay. Okay. Do you also want to do polynomics for the dark universe? Well, I had my numbers figured out for the dark universe, but you I, know I what? Can... We are we are not a podcast that's beholden to rules. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> do do dark universe because <laughs> or, or I, I think that, yeah, do I dark universe. Dark universe. Um, my my expectation my expectations for dark universe. I'll give still five. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a great, great way to bring all of this stuff together like I wanted to. In, in a Dracula age. Avengers type movie, once they set up all these other, yeah, characters. it's the same, same as the Mummy. I like how you know, expectations of five, excitements of six. I think there's a little more, there's a little more excitement that maybe they'll get it done, but I don't expect them to get it done. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd say for the Dark Universe, my excitement, after hearing all these, all all the characters and some of the actors attached, I'm going to give it a six. And for for my, uh, for my uh, excitement and uh, my expectation, I'm also going to give it a six. Um, I'm, I'm just going to temper it because... After thinking about maybe a universe where it could be more horror-filled and give you a little bit more scares, I kind of want that out of it. So I'd, I'd like to see that. And maybe... I I, I don't think that they're going to change course. Universal, like you mentioned, Paul, it's not going to do horror. They're going to do action, big-budget, uh, blockbuster popcorn flicks. That said, I'm going to see all of these movies, so <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, six and six. Swaz on seas. Matt? I would probably... So this is for the Dark Universe. Dark Universe. Uh, excitement. Look, I love horror. I love uh, the potential that all of these monsters have and, and what that could mean to translating them to the 
to the big screen in 2017. You know, there are a lot of characters that haven't really gotten their their fair due in the modern era of filmmaking. So there's the potential is very exciting. So for excitement, I'm I'm at a, an eight for excitement. Mm-hmm. Expectations based on what I've seen of the Mummy, based on the trailers. That you know, I have to temper my what I think it could be versus what I think it is based on what I've seen. That's going to pull it down to a six for yeah. expectations. Uh, I hope it ends up being a ten, but probably a six like enjoyable but it probably won't be scary it won't be enough horror and it'll be too much action and too much tom cruise that said are you gonna go to the theaters to see the mummy <clears throat> opening weekend yeah yep look out now Matt, for as much I'm, I'm surprised you gave it the numbers you did for as much as you blasted this movie tonight well i'm sorry uh well i'm talking you about were dead set against all of this from the start and you're like I'm great. I'm excited. It's going to be great. You gave it fucking sixes. You've gave you've given stuff that I know you like more, less grades than you gave this dark universe bullshit tonight. What intrigues you the most is it the it's the interconnectivity of the universe. It's the interconnectivity and and look, I'm excited to see what is Dracula going to look like. What is Frankenstein gonna look like well we kind of know already um they're just gonna paint him like pale yeah like that group picture that, that they released he already looks like Frankenstein sitting in that chair and I was like oh my god that's perfect <sighs> um Wolfman I mean come on like th- these are characters that are just begging to be made into a movie uh that well we got a Wolfman movie pretty recently but bring it on give me another one um yeah, I mean, these characters are are potentially even more iconic than the characters that we talk about every week here. So this is a big deal, I think. And the potential is really exciting. You know, these this isn't the, the Candyman and Jeepers Creepers and Dr. Giggles universe. This, God these are, damn, do I want to see that. These are the mother... The I kinda expanded Giggleverse. <laughs> but these are, these are like... You know, these nobody are needs franchise the, characters. Nobody needs a convoluted story about the symbiote from space that connected with another character that now became this other character. Everybody knows who Frankenstein's monster, right? Dracula, the mummy, right? Wolfman, right? They all know that. They all work great together because they're all from the same time period. But but they're not going to do any of that, like. They're not going to do Victorian era. All right, but but I'm not. I'm not convinced. I think they they might all essentially fit together. I think they might. I think you might see a Victorian era era uh, 1800s Dracula. Maybe, but they're all. But not all of them because this mummy is already jumping the. Agreed, Paul. I'm confused why you hated the numbers I gave. You've been the most negative about this dark universe business have i really yeah and then you gave it the best numbers when was i negative about it you were negative about the mummy film by itself yeah yeah i would say so too is that fair yeah and and that's the reason why my 
numbers from excitement came down for expectations because of what I've seen of the mummy. That's all I've seen so far. Oh, I guess I'm just surprised because this is, but this is the only thing. Like you're just going on hope. Yeah. From this point. Yeah. That they're gonna find a way to get it together. Yeah. Moviegoers are built on hope. Dummies, all dummies. As are rebellions, right? Dumb, yeah, rebellions are built on dummies. I mean, they essentially are. You know, they attacked a giant fucking government military base with like seven ships. Dummies. Right, and they did that shit. They locked the fuck out. That one of those pilots had the force. They, on his they side. lucked out that, that his mentor just died like three hours ago. They lucked out was still able to talk that to the him entire the audience ether. didn't really hold the movie accountable from whenever the satellite dish that needed to be like moved by hand towards a certain part of the sky was immediately obliterated without the plans being sent yet. Yeah, they were just dudes cranking the axis on the Death Star. Just up, up, keep moving it, keep moving. We're going to get there. We got a half hour to go. We got 40 minutes to go. Yeah, Star Wars, that Star Wars tech. We need to get, we need to get that a little bit. I don't know how this updated. related, I don't know how this related to the dark universe. It did when we started. Yeah, man, I feel like, you know, you're just like, fuck Tom Cruise. He's just Tom Cruise. They're not going to live up to the Monster Squad ideal. And they're not, because Monster Squad is the ideal version of these monsters. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't need horror. And that seems to be your sticking point. You want horror movies. <laughs> you want scares. Like, I'm fully content with these are just going to be big action movies. I don't think that but it's out still of bounds for Mass of One horror out yeah, of the corner. No, eight and six. Exactly. Movies. But exactly. But Matt's so like heels dug in all the time with what he wants and what he likes that those seem like big numbers. <laughs> eight and six? Yeah. Eight especially. For excitement, dude. Yeah, you fucking shouldn't be, because you know. You're not going to get what you want out of these. Well, um, you know, you got to let the mummy slide anyway, because, like, the mummy's probably the, the character that I'm the least, like... Like, let's say I was able to go see any one of them that I wanted to next weekend. I could see the new Dracula, the new Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon, the fucking mummy. The mummy would be the last one that I would go see, maybe after the Invisible Man. But I'd probably see the Invisible Man first because it's got Johnny Depp over Tom Cruise. But the mummy could be done creepy. It could be, and but I'm this not... isn't. This is. It's not a mummy. It's a hot chick I... with quad eyeballs. I think that it's possible that the mummy is being heavily marketed as an action movie, but it may still retain a lot of its horror roots. We'll see. I want to go see this movie with all of you now. Fuck yeah. Because of this sauce feel tension that I'm feeling I, right now. I, find, I want to see the disappointment on Matt's face. I'm caught off guard by like your your agitation about my scores. I just don't understand. In? 
I get his excitement. He's excited. I we talked about it. he's excited because of the interconnectivity of this franchise. Like I get why he's excited. Lots of potential, man. Lots of potential. Like, weren't you super fucking pumped for like what DC was gonna do when they said, "Yeah, we're gonna connect all this shit," and Man of Steel is gonna be the first one. Yeah, I, w- I was. <laughs> right. Brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight. My name's Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time. up to whatever recording hype <clears throat> surrounds it. So I woke like I didn't think like I woke up like yelling myself awake because like I I was aware at the time something was happening, I could get out of it. Mm-hmm. This wasn't real. I just needed to shock myself out of it. Mhm. There were uh there were a bunch of me and a bunch of people were at like a late night Eaton Park diner. I was at a table with a couple people and the table across from me was uh a couple people I knew in this uh they were sitting down with a stranger. The stranger looked like Ed Harris. And Ed Harris Who can look really creepy. Ed Harris from The Rock, Ed Harris from the Westworld. Rock. The Rock. Shit. Younger Ed Harris. God damn it. I wanted him but to be the man the, in black. As the conversation went on, and it was close enough. It was like a, a little Denny's, mm-hmm. little Eaton Park, something like that. And as the conversation went on, Ed Harris started to change, and he got pointed. What was the conversation about? Um, I, I, I don't know, but eventually the conversation delved into that Ed Harris was a vampire. And Ed Harris got pointed ears and the teeth came out. But we were living in a world where this was part of the world. And it was it would be like if we met Ian and he was white and all of a sudden his skin got darker and he grew an afro. And we're like, oh, oh, Ian's black. And that was that was all it was. It was, oh, Ed Harris is a vampire. This, you know, this happens all the time. Like, we get it. You know what I mean? You're giving me face because <laughs> it's a strange parallel. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's bizarre. But you know, Ed Harris, like it was all of a sudden, Ed Harris was a vampire. Okay. And we're 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 in this in this Denny's. Ed Harris is a vampire. He's telling us about like what what he does to sustain himself, and it's it's normal because at this point in the world, we understand vampires. They are a part of what happens. No, you were we're living we're in not, the True Blood universe. Yeah, well, like, we're not afraid of 
vampires at, at, at this point. But this real, this is really just the setup for the the terror that caused me to scream myself awake. Well, I already am unsettled by Ed Harris being a vampire. Like he would probably be a really kick-ass vampire. So Ed, ha- yeah, maybe Ed he'll. Harris what starts- if he plays Dracula in the new Universal movie? I feel like that's prof. prof- Prof. Prophetic. 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 I think he's Prophetic. too old. I think he's too old at this point. They're probably gonna get. They're probably gonna get a second. is gonna be Dracula. No, like um, like what's his like Dorian Gray and Penny Dreadful. Drac Efron. Yes. We have a name for the the after show. So, you know, Ed Harris. Ed Harris turns becomes a vampire, and the the movie in my dream turns to where I'm watching. A version of Stranger Things. So where the Eden Park logo like assembles itself in slow motion to a kick-ass beat. Something's happening at at, at night in the Stranger Things universe, and I see you know Lucas and Mike, and you know they're making a fast break to home, like they they need to get home fast, and the camera cuts to Will Will Byers, and he's. He's at home. He's like in the living room. He's talking on the phone. He's like, "Mom, like we gotta, we gotta like get this together. Like something's happening. Like we gotta. I'm not comfortable here by myself. Something mm-hmm. needs to happen. Like you guys need to get home." And then you know we see you know Lucas and Mike again, and they get home safe. And then like the next shot in my dream is Will Byers in bed on a phone with his mom, and he's saying. Something's not right here. Like, this isn't right. Something's not right. And I'm watching it as an outsider at this point, watching this movie. I'm watch like, so Will Byers is laying in bed. My vantage point is looking down on top of the bed. Mm. Will like Byers is on the right, and he has this doll on the left. And it looks like a KKK doll. It's all in white. It has, like, you know how Deadpool has, like, the little knobby on his head? Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the uh, clam. It's all white. You can see where, like, the <laughs> neck the neck stitches to the body. The arms are stitched to the body. And like Will Byers, it's pulled up to the chest under the blanket. You're making me uncomfortable with the Byers family. It's Will Byers by himself in a house at night in bed. He's on the phone. He's on the edge of panic. And the camera is on Will Byers and this doll, all in white. But Will's on the phone. He's wrapped up. Something's wrong. But the viewer, me, can see that there's a doll in bed with him. It's just a doll to Will Byers. But what I can see is that the doll has real eyes. Mm. Human eyes in this just white doll life-size you do doll. know that this dream would be scarier if this was lucas right yeah <laughs> yeah I, I do should so, we turn out the lights for this like light those yeah, candles turn it out. do we have can we light the candles no we're going by we're going by laptop light tonight boy i hate this <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> all right uh just just to set the <laughs> set the scene uh, the lights are completely out in the basement. There is literally only light emanating from the laptop that we're recording the show on. 
and Ian's cell phone, which I can't take it, which allows me to see behind Ian in case like hands Uh, or something show up. We talked about this over the weekend. No, this is a legitimate dream that I had a nightmare, a nightmare that I had last night. Um, So I'm I'm watching this scene and as Will Byers is on the phone talking Mm -hmm. to who I assume is Winona Ryder. Because it's still a movie at this point, saying something's wrong, something's not right. The doll next to him, the eyes roll to the side. Like It was like human eyes in a doll's body. Mm-hmm. They look to the left and look at Will Byers, and then the head turns slowly. And I immediately start freaking out as the watcher because I like this is when I realize... This is, I'm having a nightmare. I need to get out. The head turns to look at Will Byers, and Will Byers has no idea. And then all of a sudden, just like the scene in the latest It trailer where he starts running, all of a sudden, the doll gets up and springs on Will Byers. But then the scene flips, and everything's black, and it's like everyone in the Eden Park Diner was watching the movie, and is all scared at once, like, oh, shit, oh, oh, and everyone starts screaming in the diner, but I'm screaming because now I'm Will Byers in bed, and this thing has started to attack my legs, and it's grabbing onto me, and it's starting to bite me, and it won't let me go, and I'm, I start, like, in the dream, I'm like, I need, all right, this is, uh, this is super terrifying, this is a dream I need to get out, and the only way I know how to do that is to start screaming, Louder and louder. And in in the dream, like everything happens when you're running, you're punching, you're yelling, you're always underwater. Everything happens slower. So I can't, everything sounds like, <laughs> to me, but I'm sure in the real world, it's a, it's a lot louder, but I keep pushing it and pushing it. And eventually, after this thing like attacks my ankles, I wake up and I'm like, oh, oh my God. Thank God that was fucking horrifying <laughs> because it was some some doll that had some human murderous spirit with like real eyes in it. What happened to Ed Harris, the vampire? That was the scariest part. Of, well, I mean, the clan doll. No, really scary. there no, was a lot the, of stuff. The Ed Harris part's the scariest there, part. There was a lot of stuff before that. There were um, there was a bunch of people. I was included. We were walking through. We were walking through some Pittsburgh neighborhood. We stopped at some some building had been knocked down between other buildings, and there was they were having um, bow and arrow contests in there, and like some girl that, that these guys want to shoot some bow and arrow. Some girl that that we were with wanted to try it, and I was standing up by like we we, we walked up. I I don't remember who I was with, but we walked up by the arrows, by or by the bullseye. And we were just checking on. We were like, oh, fuck, this is legit. And then the girl we were with was firing arrows into it. And, like, me and the other person I was with, I forget who it was, we, like, ran out of the way. And after that, we went, then we went to the Denny's or Eaton Park where we ran in Ed Harris. And everything was just really fluid with each other. The Ed Harris turning into it, like, I can see it in my mind. Yep. Him slowly, like, his ears kind of slowly growing and... Ew, as I was, as I, don't I was like that, <laughs> as I was trying to fall back asleep this morning, 
<laughs> is I was trying to distance myself. When did from, you wake up from, from the horror of this? Yeah. 4.30? 4, 4.30. I'm excited to not sleep um, tonight. Yeah, as I was distancing myself, Ed Harris was the furthest thing from my mind. And I, I knew I was laying there in bed and I was like, you know what? I want to tell these guys about this tonight. But the way this doll moved, the realistic way that it rolled its head towards Will Byers and then mm. sprung to attack him like a real man, not like a doll or anything. It had yeah. like such lifelike, fast, dexterity. lightning quick. Yeah, exactly. Its dexterity was out of this world. It was so <laughs> terrifying. There's no way. And I was, I was laying there this morning trying to chill out go to go back to sleep. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to relate this to anyone to how fucking scary that was. And the, the closest thing I can think of was like from the it trailer when like he's running out of the water, but it wasn't even that it was so because it was smooth. It wasn't jarring. It wasn't splashing through water. Yeah. It was like, before you knew it, this thing was on Will Byers and he was dead. And then he was on my legs. Oh, he and killed I Will. was dying. It was so I didn't fast. realize he killed Will Byers. Well, that is disturbing, McGinty. I drew a picture of it upstairs. I don't like that. Oh, I want to see it. It's just its head. It's creepy. All right. I'm going to stop this. Go for it. 